This morning's reading, reading is taken from the message, and it's John chapter 21, verses 1 to 14. After this, Jesus appeared again to the disciples, this time at the Tiberias Sea, the Sea of Galilee. This is how he did it. Simon Peter, Thomas, nicknamed Twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the brothers Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. Simon Peter announced, I'm going fishing. The rest of them replied, we're going with you. They went out and got in the boat. They caught nothing that night. When the sun came up, Jesus was standing on the beach, but they didn't recognize him. Jesus spoke to them, good morning. Did you catch anything for breakfast? They answered, no. He said, throw the net off the right side of the boat and see what happens. They did what he said. All of a sudden, there were so many fish in it, they weren't strong enough to pull it in. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the master. When Simon Peter realized that it was the master, he threw on some clothes for he was stripped for work and dove into the sea. The other disciples came in by boat for they weren't far from land, a hundred yards or so, pulling along the net full of fish. When they got out of the boat, they saw a fire laid with fish and bread cooking on it. Jesus said, bring some of the fish you've caught. Simon Peter joined them and pulled the net to shore, 153 big fish. And even with all those fish, the net didn't rip. Jesus said, breakfast is ready. Not one of the disciples dared ask, who are you? They knew it was the master. Jesus then took the bread and gave it to them. He did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus had shown himself alive to the disciples since being raised from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Joe. And uh, an apology. There are, in fact, actions for Shine, aren't there? I didn't realise until we got going, so I could have shown them to you, but never mind. Those of you that did it did a brilliant job, thank you, and taught me, and I'll know them for next time. Let's, uh, let's pray together as we begin to think about this passage. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that uh, it teaches us so many things. And Lord, as we look at this story, perhaps a familiar one to us, would you speak to us afresh through it? Would you help us to learn more of who you are through it? And would you help for your word to dwell within us deeply, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm going to get you to write your own talk this morning, not because I couldn't be bothered, um, but because I've got some questions that I want you to talk to people around you uh, about as we go through this passage together. The first question I want you to just chat to somebody about is, what do you do when you are stressed? What is the thing that you run to when you have difficult times or when you are facing a difficult moment in your life? Is it chocolate? Is it running? Is it whatever it is? Have a just chat with somebody near to you and tell them what it is that you normally run to when life is stressful. I'll come back to you in 30 seconds or so.
Of course, there may be some of you who never experienced stress, in which case you're very fortunate indeed. Just gather you back together. We've got some more time to talk to each other a little bit later on. This is one of my absolute favourite stories in Scripture. I think most clergy say that, that about every but, but word, verse in the Bible. This is my favourite verse. This really is one of my favourite um, stories in Scripture. I love it because despite the fact we heard at the end of the story there that this was the third time that Jesus had appeared to the disciples after he had been raised from the dead. This is the third time he'd appeared to them, yet still it seems that the disciples don't really understand what's going on and understand what's going to happen next. It doesn't tell us exactly why it is that these people go fishing. There could be any number of reasons. They could simply have been hungry. Uh, They could have been a bit bored. But I've often wondered whether it's the case that they were a bit lost, a bit stressed, and so they returned back to what this was that they knew. They were fishermen before they started to follow Jesus. I know that when I'm stressed, what I need often is a massive bar of dairy milk. (laughs) Maybe there's some agreement there. We often go back to things uh, that that comfort us, things that we know are comforting uh, when we are stressed, don't we? It's why addicts find it so hard to give up addictions from time to time, because we go back to it when life gets hard. Over the last year or so, I've been trying to give up uh, sugar uh, as as the thing that I often, as I say, go back to, because dairy milk is the thing I often go to. It's really hard when life is particularly hard. Elsewhere in the Gospels, Jesus tells us that we shouldn't live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. It should be God that we go back to. It should be God that we're perhaps addicted to. So the first thing I wanted us to think about from this story is what is it that we go to when we're stressed, and is it God? And if it isn't God, why is it not God? Okay, now Jesus appears on the shore to them, and he says, friends, haven't you caught any fish? Um, it says on, in our passage, the way that we had it, translation we had, good morning, didn't you catch anything for breakfast? But in the new NIV, it says, friends, caught any fish. Incidentally, that word friends, um, it's a bit of a Christian ease phrase, isn't it, almost? It's what you imagine a sort of very stuffy vicar saying to a group of youth who are doing something he'd rather they didn't do. Friends, would you please stop doing that? Friends, would you please put that ball down and stop playing with that? Actually, the word in the Greek there for friends maybe better translated as mates in our language, in how we use it. It's a very friendly term, ironically. It means, it shows intimacy. It shows that the person saying this word knows well the people that he's talking to. And the God that created the universe knows these disciples well. He knows us well and longs to have that relationship with us. So ironically, the word friends perhaps doesn't portray that quite so well. The next thing I want us just to think about is what we're really good at. And I want you to turn again to somebody near to you and tell them one thing that you know you're really good at. This isn't the time for modesty. Uh, This is the time to say, actually, do you know what? In life, this is something I'm very good at. Just give you another 30 seconds or so to share something with someone near to you.
Okay. Just draw you back together again for a moment. The, these fishermen are good at fishing. This is the thing that they would say they are most good at. They've returned back to fishing because they are good at fishing. I love collecting uh, cards uh, for people, particularly as I'm going around. I was on holiday a week or so ago, and I found this card, which I think you, some of you might be able to see, uh, hopefully, if we can get the picture on the screen. One moment. There we go. Uh, for those who can't see it, you'll see there's a boat there in the middle with a net on one side, and on the right there's a shoal of fish, and one fish is saying, don't worry folks, they'll never think to cast their nets on the other side. Um, I love that card. It's great. The fish is saying that, and despite how good these fishermen are at fishing, Jesus is better at fishing uh, than they are. He knows what they should be doing with what they think they're good at. They're using their own wisdom, but Jesus' wisdom is greater. There's been a verse that I've been reflecting on uh, over this last week from 1 Corinthians. I think we've got it on the screen. It says this, For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. The foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Even in uh, his foolishness, God is wiser than we are. Even in his weakness, God is stronger than we are. When we're tempted to rely on the things that we think we're good at, and of course we're supposed to use the things we're good at, but when we're tempted to rely on our own strength, we won't do well to remember that verse. Last question for you to talk to somebody uh, about. Do you think before you act, or do you act before you think? There's usually one of two types of personality in the room, so think about whether you think before you act or act before you think. Tell someone near you, they might be able to tell you differently if they know you well. Okay. Now, I talked to uh, Jess, my wife, about this. Uh, she's away this weekend, but before she went, before she went away. Uh, and Jess, my wife, and I are very different. I usually act before I think, and Jess almost always thinks before she acts. And she said that for every decision that, um, every decision that she makes, I've usually made about 10 decisions uh, because of the speed at which I make decisions and get on with things. The difference is that for the, every decision she makes pretty much is right and only about 70% of the decisions I make are right. That was her words, not mine. Um, I think it was probably a little bit generous. I know that I am one of those people who acts before I think. And this is one of the examples in Scripture that we see but the difference between Peter and John. We had it in our reading there that John realises that it's the Lord, it's the Master, and Pete, when he says those words to Peter, it's almost like it is the Lord, and then Peter goes splash, straight into the water, straight to respond. Peter often acts before John. John often, more often than not, knows what's going on before Peter. I think we all can learn things from the opposite to us. I know I can learn an awful lot from uh, my wife's ability to be a bit slower about making decisions. A little while ago, I was in charge... Uh, 
of an office in a church in Bristol. And uh, the vicar went away, and I wasn't preaching a lot then. And, and so I was responsible for finding other people to preach. And I had my rotor for the term in front of me, and I phoned a local tutor uh, at the local college and said, would you be able to speak on this date? And he said, oh... I'll phone you back in a couple of hours. And that slightly annoyed me because what I wanted to do was to move on to the next person and fill my rotor out, but never mind. He phoned me back about two hours later and said, I've spent a good amount of time in prayer and I think the Lord has told me that I should come and speak to your church and this is the passage I think he wants me to speak about. He was seeking the Lord and knowing what it was that the Lord wanted. He understood that God's wisdom is greater uh, than ours. Are we always like Peter, rushing in to, dis- to doing things, or do we give ourselves time to hear from God? And do we trust God to provide things for us? Our passage this morning tells us that uh, there were 153 fish that were caught by the fishermen on that day. Now, a lot of time has been spent by theologians over the years working out why it is that there were 153 fish. I've spent an awful lot of time on this today. Uh, you'll be pleased to know I've considered all sorts of algorithms, all sorts of reasons, and I can exclusively reveal to you today the reason why it says there are 153 three fish. There were, it says there were 153 fish because there were 153 fish. Don't worry too much about why the reason that it says 153. The reality is that this is far more than the disciples could ever have needed. God was able to provide far more than they could imagine. One of my favorite verses from Ephesians, I think we've got it um, for the screen. God is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine? Do we trust God's abundance for our lives or do we again rely on our own strength and our own skills and wisdom? We're going to have a little few moments of time just to listen to the Lord now uh, for that, because it feels like it's the right thing to do out of this passage. In our groups, we call this chat and catch. I'm going to give us some things just to think about as we do that. I'm going to ask the Lord to speak to us. Let's pray. In this time, you might want to think about what it is that you go to when times are difficult. And if it isn't always the Lord, as it isn't always the Lord for most of us, I expect, including me, maybe say sorry to God. Maybe say sorry to God for the things that we think we don't need his help with. The things we think we're better than him at. Or at least we think we don't need any help with. Then think about the times when we've acted before we thought. Where we've said yes to something without asking God's view on the situation. for the times when we've tried to fix things ourselves rather than rely on the abundance of God. And Lord, we do thank you that you love us deeply. We thank you that you call us friends, that there's an intimacy in the relationship that you have and long to have with us. 
Lord, would you help us to know your guiding and your leading in our lives? Would you help us not to rely on the things that we know, the things that we perhaps find comfort from in this world, but would you help us to find comfort and strength from you? Would you help us to draw near to you and to know you at work in our lives, we pray. Amen. We're going to sing uh, a song, God, I Look to You Now. Uh, Will you stand with me as we sing together?